Friday, January 2nd, 2009, and this is Radio Wave. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of uh, Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and uh, tonight uh, will be discussing with us the message that we received from Our Lady through Mariana today. And for those of you who have read uh, the article on Medj.com and Our Lady's message, uh, you know that this is going to be a very important show tonight. And so over the next hour as we go through this, we ask that you open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Mary, what can we say except that we begin this year with the comfort of having you at the same time with trepidity, of knowing that we have storms approaching us this year, very obvious to all. Everyone's speaking about it. Everyone sees it. And thank God we have you. So we pray for the same that you're with us tonight. That you hear our hearts. That you inspire what is said and what's heard. That we understand more than what we know at this moment when we finish this show tonight. We ask this in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. Well, we welcome you tonight, and we are always grateful that we have the ability to sit and discuss the message with you into your homes. It was a big void for so many years of the message coming out, and so many people out there again saying that they're alone, and they, they really wanted the excitement of the message to be perpetuated in some way, or at least hear thoughts of it, or opinions, or experiences, or what other others thought. And so this is kind of a forum for that, because... It's not just what I think about it. It's, it's 21 years of looking at the messages, being with the visionaries, being in Medjugorje, being in community, living this. This is what we live 24-7. And so naturally that gives you some, some insights that, that you can help people to learn more about the message, as I wrote today. Uh, so many different ways to approach a message uh, that can be said. That's just one way. But the overall gist of what our lady's showing is, is what was written. Uh, in what's on Medj today. But without further delay, let's go ahead and read the message, Joan, that Our Lady gave earlier earlier this morning. Our Lady, Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's January 2nd, 2009, monthly message to Mariana. Dear children, while great heavenly grace is being lavished upon you, your hearts remain hard and without response. My children... 
Why do you not give me your hearts completely? I only desire to put in them peace and salvation, my son. With my son, your soul will be directed to noble goals, and you will never get lost. Even in greatest darkness, you will find the way. My children, decide for a new life with the name of my son on your lips. Thank you. And as we usually do, we look at this message of the first of the year as somewhat greater significance than even the other messages. Why? Well, Lady did that when she changed from Thursday messages to monthly messages. She made a situation come up unexpectedly where the Thursday messages ended, and she said, I'll give uh, the message only on the 25th. And, of course, I think that was given in January, the last Thursday message. Maybe it was perhaps what I remember, January 8th. But it signified something in the beginning of, of starting these monthly messages, which I believe are biblical. I believe is the last chapter of Revelation, you know, that we've spoken about many times about flowing from this crystal clear, a stream flowing crystal clear from the throne of God, medicines for the nations to heal them. That's what the gist of these messages are for, to heal the world and to help us survive underneath the system that is growing every day toward darkness. And that's an antichrist system. You say, is this the Antichrist? Well, who, who knows exactly all the circumstances? But we can, we can say with sureness that the system's growing and government and nations and cities and county boards and all these things that's going to regulate and regulate and regulate are systems that are against every principle Christ taught. Therefore, if they're opposing that, they're, they're Antichrist. So we see this movement growing of more and more control or a really social movement, socialist movement, that is very, very dangerous to the freedom to worship, the freedom to, to love our God and, and worship our God and and, and have freedom of, of, of our expression of our, our faith in a public forum. You know, there's moves this year that will be made to quiet this, this radio program and many, many others across the land that has anything to do with the opposition of those voices that want to control us. So we're in, we're in a grave situation, a very darkened situation. And while it's enough to make some, and many people are depressed, many people are very concerned and very worried, we have Our Lady. We know she will crush the head of the serpent. And everything is Antichrist. And that's what gives hope, and that's what gives us the the future, as she just said on our Christmas message, without Jesus, you have no future. Without her, Jesus is sending her, we have no future. So we can reject it, we can mock it, we can not pay attention, or we can meet, uh, minimalize these messages, which many are doing, and many in the movement have left, or many who don't pay strong enough attention to it, uh, or don't want the propagation, or want them just said, well, lady says it, and there's, we don't need any commentary, or we might not need this, or I don't want to listen. That's okay. But know that you're passing up the grace. The message today is striking in the fact that Our Lady certainly is aware of us. As Yako said, Our Lady knows what goes on even in my toes. That I, It's as if I'm naked in front of her. She knows every single thing. And Our Lady knows that, that at the beginning of anything, at the beginning of a year, there's new resolutions. We have the tradition of what is your new re re resolution? What will you do? I was listening to a uh, 
Protestant minister earlier today on the radio show, radio program that that uh, I just happened to catch. And he was saying that the the evangelical church has failed in America. It's pretty strong. I was surprised he was saying this. He went on to a whole diatribe of of we've we've replaced real honor of God and serving God to to having worship services. We moved from that to entertainment. We moved from there to wanting to feel good. And the church is not effective anymore. And it's lost ground. And he said, because of that, there's something bad in our future coming. We're headed for some serious crisis and serious trouble. And the church has got to get back to having Christ on our tongue, basically, on our lips. It's just, and it was amazing to me, because here it is, Our Lady, who have, they have no connection about the messages, and Our Lady said that, the name of my son on your lips. And this, this evangelical preacher was saying exactly that. So don't think they're not inspired. You know, don't think because we're not one, one, one holy, true, true, complete church. And he said something remarkable. He says, what the evangelical church needs is a reformation. I mean, I almost fell over. You know, the, the reformation broke from the church and now he's saying the evangelical church is not working. And he was talking about all the denominations of the evangelicals. It's not working. And they need reformation. They're recognizing they're in crisis. And we hear more and more verbiage from these ministers often saying, and pastors saying things that's pretty incredible and sounding more Catholic. I've heard more uh, evangelicals this Christmas season talking about Mary in ways that I've never heard them talk about. And the Spirit is working. Do you think it can't work in the Protestant churches or the evangelicals who have great spirits of, of wanting to spread the gospel? And Lord knows, you know, they, they're coming underneath Our Lady's plan, what they can do to, to bring life where there's not or, or, or strength to the church when we become one, how powerful that'd be. And so here it is, we have this phenomenon phenomenon that, that is happening that they're... they're they feel bankrupt. They feel washed out. They feel that they're not effective, that there's something wrong. And so the non-believer out there is thinking the same thing. The ecoists out there know something wrong. They, they want to blame it on us and uh, on man and, and, and the earth is revolting. But it's not about that. It's about sin and getting away from God. We don't have to worry about anything about the earth even if we pollute it. God's got mechanisms that we've spoken about repeatedly on this show that the earth heals. It's, it can cleanse itself. You look at your volcanoes, you look at the destructions that happen in nature, the wildfires, the, the smoke, you know, it, they, they act as if it, nothing can, can cure itself. The, the earth itself is self-curing. It's only not self-curing when man sins. Nature will turn against God. So it's not about what we're doing and not not and don't dare attribute to the sin of, of we've done this to the earth. That's not what it's about. We've done sin to our soul. We've hurt our soul. And when we grow in darkness, then you can expect nature to come to God's aid. The saints taught this. They talked about it. God doesn't have to defend itself. Nature itself will rise up against man to do it. And it's not about global warming. It's not about any of these things. It has nothing to do with all these things that are being brought up, rather it's got to do with sin. If man's good-willed, he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's living for God. He puts in that, 
the son of Mary on his lips, you can expect everything. You know, it's not, it's not like a thermostat. It, it works out itself because God, the creator, worked it that way. He's programmed. All we got to do is live righteously and holy. And so in this Christmas season, we've got to remember the son of God. We've got to know who he is and this love divine. We had something on Medge today. We showed you what we, how we spent our New Year's Eve, which is in front of uh, well over 100 very, very special relics of, of the church that we have the papers on that we often have gathered through the years to pray. And it was put together this New Year's Eve that we would spend it with the saints in lieu of this coming year and how their victories were, uh, the saints, the martyrs, uh, one cross I know has what ten or twelve martyrs in it, relics of that. All were martyred. Uh, the relics of, of the the crib, the veil of Our Lady, Saint Joseph. It goes on and on. But the beauty of being able to come together as a community and pray in this first hour and consecrating it to Our Lady, and us walking in that way is the new life the new life that unfolds for us in such a way that there's no other way to do it. There's no other way to spend your first hour of Christmas except, or rather, New Year's, except that way. And so this is one of the songs when we entered that prayerful abode in that first hour around these relics that we listened to in preparation for the rosary.
And yes, it felt heavenly walking into the room with all these relics. One thing we do is always surprise us. So uh, Joan and some of the other girls have set this whole scene up. And walking in with this and this song and the music, we felt we were really walking among the saints because we were. Their, their bones, their relics, their, their part of the vestments of, of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, they're in there. It's something that can't be explained, and hopefully you can get a little feel of it just from the music. But what this gives to us is something of an anticipation of the whole year. How big and how dramatic is this year going to be to us? And so when we say our rosary, we get really excited, or at least I do, but it's not excited like a nervousness. It's just a, a calm excitement, but an anticipation maybe is a better way to say it, of what will be each message between each decade. And so the first message we pick in this first hour is, is resolution time. It's what Arlie thinks and what she wants to guide us and what she wants to be doing the first of the year throughout the year. And so as if you've already read this on Med, you can, you, you can see that when we got ready to pick the very first message, the very first words that Arlie had to say to us that first hour of the year was June 22nd, 1990. And the message was, Dear children, I'm happy to see you in such large numbers. Tonight again, your mother asks you to prepare yourselves through prayer during these two days for the day that comes. Now, how more direct can you have from Our Lady her words when we were two days away from the second of the month message. This is not a rarity for us. It's a structure we've incorporated into our life that Mary says, listen to me, I will guide you, I will teach you. I realized years ago that we needed to make that structure into our life. And if we did, we would give the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to pick the message of what Our Lady wanted to say to us. And whether we're going to the grocery store, or doctor's points, going to the field in the rosary, or, or anticipation of the second of the month message two days ago and picked this message for Our Lady, what she wanted us to do in preparation. Why? Because she had something big to say and she had something very important to say. And we knew this first message of hers given on the day of non-believers would have a great significance with it. And that significance was in the message. Our Lady said, While great heavenly graces is being lavished upon you, your hearts remain hard and without response. Pretty profound, very strong words to start the year with. My children, why do you not give me your hearts completely? I only desire to put them in peace and salvation. My son, or rather put in them peace and salvation, my son. With my son, you will be directed to noble goals and you will never get lost Even in great darkness, you'll find the way. My children, decide for a new life with the name of my son on your lips. And when we come back, we'll speak more about this new life. Do we as Christians lead the world, or are we being led by the world? Compromise has infected the Christian value system. 
we are called by Our Lady to change our life and through that to change others through our witness to the light. In today's world of technology and traffic jams, it can be difficult to understand how to live biblically. As go God's people, so goes the world. A remarkable writing that will open your eyes to Our Lady's plans to free us from the bondage of things and help us to understand that peace can only be found in a society where love reigns and God is acknowledged. As go God's people, so goes the world. Available on medj.com, spelled M-E-J.com, and click on MedgeMart, or call in the U.S. 205-672-2000. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. Our Lady said at the end of the message, decide for a new life. And we've often talked about it. Our rule is, is a, a, a new way, in a, or rather uh, a way in a new time. And it's a way of life. And this way of life is the messages. And it's manifested us to do what we just did that you see on Medj with the the relics, and this is just one thing we do throughout the year, but it's a behind the scenes that we really live as a little village, a spiritual life. And while it was dry ten years ago, or fifteen years ago, or twenty years ago, when that began twenty years ago, it was something that a lot of people weren't willing to do. They didn't want to walk that way. Now, out of necessity, many people are starting to say. I need that. I, I saw writing this week says that the future is going to depend on God and community. And nobody's got community today. You can't be community with 1,500 families in your church when they say the community, our, our community here. It's not community. You know, we need to be real with ourselves and we need to be honest. We're trying to make something and it's not real. It's fake. You can only be a community with 50 or 100 people. You know, in a village setting. But are people willing to make that change? No, they're too comfortable. We have to realize that to be comfortable means that there's no motive for us to be changing. So part of the message is that, is that there's going to be some things that happen that will, will move in our comfort zone. You know, you could say, I know what makes me comfortable. I know what makes me tick. And when I get my way... You know, I want to pour the cream and sugar. Now, everybody wants it right away. They want it now. You know, we have to realize I will learn to let go of what I can't change. I will learn to forgive what I cannot change. I will learn to love what I cannot change. And I will change what I will change. Whatever I, whenever I can. Whatever I and whenever I can.
you know, right now, as the song says, I can't care about how everyone else feels. We've got a mentality of political correctness that we're always concerned about how everybody else feels. about We're hurting their feelings by what we do. And it's so much so that it's leading to hate speech that we can't say the scriptures anymore because you're going to hurt somebody's feelings or the way they live or their abomination even the way they live or either uh, things that are so superficial that it's absurd. And so there's so much truth with this about right now I can't care about any, how everyone else feels. You know, I have enough hurt of my own to heal. Now, is that being preoccupation with yourself? No, because conversion means that you see how you've offended God. And his hurt becomes your hurt. You understand how you hurt yourself. And it's a painful walk. It's a painful situation. And so to change is a, is a painful thing. You know, is it selfish or is it, you know, it's true. The song says pain is self-inflicted. And so the first place to work, the first place the message to speak of is yourself. You've got to change yourself. This message says that. You know, you've been, you've been lavishly graced and yet your heart remains hard and without response. When I read this early in the wee hours of the morning, the first thing I had to think about is me. You know, how is my heart hard? What is Our Lady saying? What do I need to change? And when I hurt God, I hurt myself. We often see that, that when somebody walks toward conversion, the family around them, oh, you're hurting me. Forget that. You've got to get right with God You've got to walk with God, and you've got to convert to God. It's the call, and it's your road to safety. We have become so politically correct that we, we don't even want to convert, except in total silence. And here our lady says, put your son, or brother, put my son on your lips. What does that mean? Don't be afraid. Come on over here tonight, listening to uh, another Christian show. Uh, there was a, a lady who had called up and said that she has three kids at home and she never has the opportunity to evangelize and she just wants so much to tell people something. And and then she freezes up and the only place she has is like the checkout counter and they don't care. You know, but it but it's she was very timid. You know, our, our lady wants us to speak about Jesus. There are people being martyred across the world now more than any time in history. You know, one whole village in India, Muslims attacked. 70,000, crushed out 70,000 Christians because the whole town was going toward Christianity. The whole city. And they, they're, they're, they killed them, they murdered them, they beat them, they tortured them. I just got a map. I was looking at it on my desk today. Showing all the places across the world, either restricted places where you can't be a Christian, or either those are completely hostile the restricted areas, the government does try to step in to protect Christians to some degree. Not always, because they're part of it often. But the, the hostile areas is free game. You're not allowed by law, and it's a large part of the world. You know, up to this point, the United States is free. Most of North America is free. But we're seeing the encroachment coming to us. And our lady is telling us. She's warning us. In November 2nd, 2006, she says... God, send, God is sending me to warn you. What does that mean? Warn? What does it mean when somebody is so sweet, so beautiful, so much Our Lady uh, as a mother, 
how could that be in such a way that she can warn us and be, be I mean, it sounds stern. It sounds stern for the Blessed Mother to say, I warn you. But here's her words. And a lot of people glow over this so they don't see it because the way she says things are so beautiful and so positive. But, but the words are the words. Now, you need to pray and see what she means by that because her warning is love, yeah. But what is she saying this? She says, God is sending me to warn you and to show you the right way. Why? Because we're not on the right way. And this is what I said today. For a new life. Most to direct. You'll be directed to do noble goals. What is your goals? The, even in greatest darkness, you'll find the way. In November 6th, our lady says that. To show you the right way. She goes on to say in the 06 message in November, Give me your hearts that I may put my son in them and make my apostles of you. Today, our lady said, My children decide for a new way of life or rather a new life with the name of my son on your lips. Shoot, two years ago, three years ago now, she wants to put her son in us, in our hearts. And Viscus told us what's in the heart manifests itself out physically. And today, our lady says, on your lips, physically. What? What's in your heart that she asked for in 06? And what was that to show you the right way? To put her son in our hearts to make us apostles. So that we can come proclaim now today her son on your lips. The messages have a thread of continuity to them. They don't contradict each other. Yes, you can't interpret it. any of these messages without the overall view of all the messages. But these messages are to live underneath something that we don't have as this moment. It's not new revelations. It's private revelations. All new revelations cease with the scriptures. But there's not an end to understanding old revelation or rather public revelation. There's new ways to to grasp that we have a new way to live as far as a bad way. I'm not talking about what I said, a new way. I'm talking about the way the world's given to us. Man hasn't lived this way ever. They haven't been able to, 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 to be here halfway across the world in just a few hours to talk to each other, to, to communicate the way we communicate. And, and many of these things are not leading to a, to a healthy, healthy place for us spiritually. They're proving technology now that the brain circuitry of, of, of what they call native technological people, the, the, the teenagers to 20 years of age, they call them the native te techs. That these kids' brains, there's some studies, a UCL professor, I think his name is Small, Dr. Small, he has uh, done some studies that show that exposure to this digital technology is actually recircuit redoing re the brain circuitry is it's how, how it works it's changing it and he's looking into this and of course a lot of people don't want to accept this but the kids aren't thinking the right way you know and we ha we've had this in the past Socrates 2,000 years ago or more than 2,000 years ago he warned about a different information revolution he warned about that this new new way instead of oral was coming to a, a written there, it was rising up. The written word was being raised up to a new way of communicating. And he saw this as a negative. And in many ways it is. And now we've got this new way the way we live. 
and people just accept it without question. I question it. That's why we don't have cell phones. I question a lot of the things. We don't see it as healthy. We don't see it as good. And and as Dr. Small is finding out that uh, these people are losing the ability to communicate. They're losing social skills. They're losing the ability to, to understand body language, which is the biggest part of communication, not words. They don't recognize this anymore because they've been, they've been so recirculated in their brain that they can't relate. So we have a group of people being, being conditioned in a, in a system. They have a difficulty staying married, a difficulty communicating to the kids, and it's going to get worse. So the reasons for our late comings are much more deeper than we think, much more profound than we think. And so she says, I want you to have a, a, new, a new life, a new way of life. What is that way of life? Well, we can't go it alone. We can't do it by ourselves. Uh, in fact, you know, we've been, we've been on a road that's so uh, difficult that Annalee's showing us another road we have to travel. You know, and she says, uh, there'll be many falls. We'll stumble. She, she's actually said this in a message. You'll fall. But, you know, she gives us this short piece of time and it's enough time for us to find what we need to find and how we need to do. And we need to be beneath her smile. We were just talking about her smile Christmas Day. It was incredible. And so we have a short piece of time. She says, use this time well. You know, because without her, what is there? What is there to look for? She is our future. She's bringing us Jesus who is our future. And we need her to be right beside us until we get home. She says, your home's not here. Your home's in heaven. She wants us to bring us home. She wants us to have this home forever and for eternity. It's a long trip alone Over sand and stone that lie along the road that we all must travel down. So maybe you could walk with me a while, and maybe I could rest beneath your smile. Everybody stumbles sometimes and needs a hand to hold. It's a long trip alone It's a short piece of time But just enough to find A little piece of mind under the sun somewhere So maybe you could walk with me a while Maybe I could rest beneath your smile You know we can't afford to let one moment pass us by it's a short piece of time And I don't know where I'd be without your hand 
So maybe you could walk with me a while Maybe I could rest beneath your smile Everybody stumbles sometimes And needs a hand to hold So maybe you could walk with me a while Maybe I could rest beneath your smile Maybe I could feel your eyes Beside me till I'm home Cause it's a long trip alone A long trip alone So ladies, words who tell us, use this time well you're in a time of grace. It's a short piece of time. We need to use it. As a parent, are you worried about what kind of society your children will live in? No matter how you structure your future, all is at risk. Money won't protect you. Position won't save you. Your children's future is nil. Our nation must change its direction. But what is stopping it? You are. It all depends on you. If you wonder how that can be, you won't after reading Look What Happened While You Were Sleeping, a couldn't-put-it-down book, thrilling, motivating, edge-of-the-seat reading that will change the way you live and change this nation. Look what happened while you were sleeping. Order on Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, or call 205-672-2000. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. This message I've related today is so full filled with new resolutions. You know, change your heart. Put Jesus in it. You can walk in the darkness. Become noble. Our Lady is requesting of you do noble, noble deeds to become a noble, a, a nobility. She's looking for apostles. You know, we may look at the... I know where Peter's bones were buried directly underneath the canopy in the Vatican when they found it in the 1950s and and just without a doubt, it's his bones to a lot of reasons, which is, you'd have to see the historical um, findings on this. It's pretty incredible. But they had the bones wrapped in, in purple and uh, long since gone and gold, which is only given to royalty. You know, and Peter, Peter was a fisherman, but he was called to be the first apostle, the first, the first pontiff. He became nobility. Our Lady's calling you in this time of grace, in this short piece of time, as the song says, to become that. In fact, the November 6th message I quoted a little while ago, 2006, said that, that you know, the call, this new way, is, is a call to apostleship. Our Lady's raising up apostles of the latter days, now. And yet we still have reluctance. We still have people that want to be moved. They don't want to go into the change, as the, the song before the last song says, um, you don't want to do that. You're too comfortable. So 
you either have to be self-motivated to take this action now and make those changes and think what they are and start walking toward that change of life or either wait till you're going to be forced to. I know I've seen some writings in the last couple of weeks about everybody starting to realize, oh, maybe I better get some chickens and I better do this and I better do that. And everybody's seeing the economy's going down. I heard, uh, or, or I guess I read something in the last few weeks where since 2006, housing values have dropped uh, 35%. So even the assets people had in there that they plan to maybe retire and downsize, they don't have them there. You know, and people's, people's retirement, what is their retirement? What well, used to be retirement, you know, uh, uh, it used to be a piece of land and your ability to feed yourself. And so a lot of people are kind of thinking this way now and starting to see. I, I had two different people come to me today that, that outside the community that start saying, you know, you've been saying about this and these kinds of things about uh, living more simple and, and, and subsistence, you know, self-subsistence. I don't mean self-reliance because we rely on God. You have to do that. But I also read something this last couple of weeks talking about, you know, you need to have at least four weeks of water stored up. I mean, these are religious organizations and religious people saying this, and they're, they're starting to realize certain things. But this is not a call to store something, and then we come back after the things get stabilized and go back to the grocery store. We're coming to a catastrophic change of life. I did the show several months ago, Dr. Swinson, who's a futurist, who based everything on mathematics, showing the equation that, that he thinks in 2010. We're going to see a catastrophic change in the way we live from one moment to the next. Just like that, a flash, a snap of the fingers. And, and we can look at our lady's messages and say, this guy's on to something. He's not following our lady. He has nothing to do with the religious side on, in that sense. But our lady says, you know, the secrets are coming. And yet, what does it take to wake us? What, is, what does she have to do to shake us? Because there's going to be people right up to the secrets that still won't be shaken into making the changes because you're too comfortable. And, and, and I, it's difficult. It was difficult for me to do it 20 years ago. I've had people come and say, oh, it's easy for you. No one easy for me. You know, we've got a trail you can follow that God's shown us. And yes, maybe our lady's been with us and she's done a lot of favors for us. She's given messages and instructions through Maria. And many, many other things is way too numerous and some we've even forgotten is so many things. So we were dropped in the jungle with no trail, no map. We had to cut the trail. And if you get thrown into the jungle to start your life, you've got the trail. And I believe that's one major reason our lady asked for a community to be established here. Because I was walking that way for five or six years before the community started, going against everything in society, everything in its way, its economic system, its loaning, its borrowing, the banking systems, everything. There's a, there's a quote I found about six months ago that is fascinating. And I wondered what made this quote and why Thomas Jefferson, what made him think this? What did he know? And in some ways, it's very prophetic, and, and, and he speaks as a prophet. And people question his religious odyssey or his, his religion or his belief. And, but he, his writings are full of about Christ. You know, he talked about Jesus Christ as, as the best principles for one to follow. So, you know, we have Catholics, we have Baptists, we have different people having different beliefs, but... 
it's very evident that this man believed in these principles and thought everybody should live by it, including himself. But he said something very prophetic for us today. And I want you to really listen to the words and really meditate and think what he says. He said, I believe that banking institutions are more dangerous to our liberties than standing armies. If the American people ever allow private banks to control the issue of their currency, first by inflation, then by deflation, the banks and corporations will grow up around the banks or that will grow up around the banks will deprive the people of all property until their children wake up homeless on the continent their fathers conquered. An incredible statement. Think about that. How could he have the insights and the foresights to say that the banking institutions are such a danger that they surpassed a standing army that oppresses you? What made this guy tick? This is divine wisdom. He had to get this from God. And so we see now deflation. We're probably going to see super hyperinflation after this. Who knows what's going to happen? But the banks and the corporations that will grow up around the banks, he says, will deprive the people of all property. We have more foreclosures than ever right now. We have a 35% decline in housing values for everybody. And he says they'll grow up and will deprive the people of all property until the children wake up homeless on the continent the fathers conquered. What sort of time do we live in? We're seeing these things manifest to ourselves. And, and as I said before, we can't have Our Lady and these systems at the same time paralleling each other. She's not politically correct. She's come to annihilate. It's either her or the system. Which one do you want to bet is going to win? Which one prophetically do we know scripture is going to win? Where do you want to hedge the bet? So where are you going to walk and what kind of life do you want to start choosing? Think. You will never go wrong with following biblical principle. What is the safest way to plan on 401ks and to plan on the retirement the world gives you, which can vaporize in dust and much and as much as 50 or 60% of people have done that? Or... Get you a little piece of land. Get you a little place that you have that you can, you can plant your seeds. Get it where you can grow your own food. People say, well, I don't want to do that. Well, it ain't a matter of choice. A few days ago, on Christmas Eve, 1881, we had on the site, if you hadn't seen it, go read that. I think that, what would that be underneath? Christian Witness, sir? Uh, today's Christian worldview, but it is still posted up on the homepage. Is it still posted? Mm -hmm. Read the story. These people were impoverished, but they were happy. What happened to that? You know, people don't have a retirement plan. Or they didn't used to. 90% of all people in 1900 said their main occupation, it didn't mean they didn't do something else or make brooms or, or, or knitted socks, but their primary way of life... The new way of life, which, yes, always come for spiritual new way of life, but the closest and what's ordained from us from Genesis is the only occupation ordained 
by God was in Genesis, by the sweat of your brow you should eat. And we've gotten so far away from that that we've grown arrogant. And on, only when you can deal with soul, when your hands are working it, or even if you're managing it with other people, you don't necessarily have to be the one doing that. I don't get out here enough in the soul. I, I love that, that, but I'm connected to it. I'm part of it. It's my life here on our, on our living side. At the same time, most of my work's preoccupied with the mission. So it doesn't mean that, that you're going to do that, but you've got to be connected. We're too far away from it. And so we have to plant the seed. We have to be people that plant the seed. And yet everybody's so selfish. They run in this race. And I just said to, to Maria, December 25th, this Christmas, you're running, working, gathering, but without blessing. You are not praying. I tell you, when you're trying to grow something and your kids have to eat by it, you pray. You pray God will bless it. You want that. It's just a natural thing. I remember, I remember probably 25 years ago when we still used TV, or still saw it, that pre-Medjugorje days that this, they were, I think it was 60 Minutes they were interviewing this farmer and they showed him coming up in every morning. He said he'd come out with the sunrise riding his tractor, his red tractor, and he would see, uh, he said, I, even on Sunday morning when I go to church, I don't feel as close to God as I do right there at that moment seeing the sun come up and work in the soil. There's something to it. And I believe very strongly our lady is trying to reach you and show you, you know, it's not the banks. They're going to choke you to death. It's not borrowing. It's having your piece of land. That's your retirement. Your little red tractor sitting in the shed. That's it. And that's how you'll make it. plan just a hundred acre piece of black dirt land and a red tractor sitting in the shed starting tomorrow they're calling for rain so you're turning over that field today there's a wide world out there waiting to be fed may the sun
How do we ever get to where we trust man with our retirement? How do we transfer this critical part of our life, the, the rich golden years, to, to other people? And now we see it caving in, crashing. I want to dedicate this song to Martino. Martino lives in Italy. Martino is a next-door neighbor to Maria, the visionary. I've come to know him through that. We can speak from Maria's house to his house by the balcony. But Martino doesn't have 100 acres of land. But he starts talking so excitedly about his little place, which is across the street, his little patch of ground where he's got for years growing fruit trees and he has all kind of fruit and vegetables. Maria's boys go, have gone down there and help him pick it. And he harvests and feeds his whole family right there in the city. Right there. So see, you just need to change the mentality. Martino, I know you listen. He says he, he listens to this on the way. He downloads it and puts it on a CD and and he goes to the to the, the subway to his office work to work with computers. But see, he's he's living next to the soil and he depends on it and he loves it. And you should see his face when he talks about this. So I understand the mentality of where we need to go to. Don't depend on man for everything. His computer job may go away. But Martino's gonna he's gonna he's gonna eat. Now, I think cities are not a safe place to be. And a lot of people are saying that in the future. Because they try to control too much. They, they want to control too much. And plus, people don't have the ability to, to, to take care of themselves. They depend on man and what he's given them. They depend on not only the retirement plan, but just to live on a daily basis now. Cardinal Stafford, uh, who's last I checked, he's, well, I think he's still stationed at the Vatican, the apostolic uh, pretender area where he's... Uh, I think he's ahead of that. I'm not sure exactly what it is. But anyway, Cardinal Stafford said back in November that man is the sacred element of secular society. He said a person's life cannot be ultimately controlled by the government. Now, here's a, here's a spokesman out of the Vatican, a cardinal, and he's an American cardinal, that life cannot be controlled by government. We have so much of this happening, and a lot of it's to stop you from having your little patch of ground. This year, make a resolution that you're going to educate yourself how serious this is. This is related to Thomas Jefferson and what he said, that the banks issuing currency, they're, where are they getting the $700 billion bill out? They're printing this. The bank, the central bank, a private organization outside of government is making this money. They're creating it just on by printing it. And here it is prophetically coming true. The people are losing their houses, more foreclosures. So how will we take care of ourselves in the future? 
we've got to realize that there's the the means out there that God provided in the way of life, the way to live, that we can be close to God, close to family, working together. Why did Mariana say after losing to, um, I think her third child, wasn't it? Her third child, she lost him in the womb, and she was really in grief about this. And her response to this, why she was so sad, is she says, you'll know in the future why I want many children. And those who told the soil always knew why they wanted many children. So, so you don't have to know the secrets, but you can know enough by what the visionary says. That's a profound thing by Mariana. You think about it. I don't want to interpret to you. What does it say? It says what it says. She says, you'll know in the future why I want many children. They're your retirement. They're your plan. They're, you know, Yvonne says that God takes special delight in three generations being underneath one roof. Of course, listening to this tonight, uh, a, lot of this, a lot of these things make sense in light of everything that's taking place uh, today in the world. But I'd like to bring uh, to the show something that was written 10 years ago, or something that you wrote 10 years ago in uh, As Go God's People, So Goes the World. And it was actually the very first thing that I thought when I read this message this morning. This one paragraph is the first thing that, that came to mind. I'm going to backtrack a few sentences so that it makes sense to you. But I'll just read it for you, and then I'm going to ask a friend of Medjugorje a question regarding this. Uh, and I'm going to quote this. It says, Our Lady's messages clearly show repeatedly that nature aids one toward holiness, and if one is able, one should seek a life structured toward Our Lady's messages. It is our protection. She wants to place us under Jesus' protection. Her call is to change and to teach us about many things, even about our environment, of how we live our daily lives. On December 25, 1987, she told us, I want each of you to open your heart to Jesus, and I will give him to you with love. Dear children, I want him to change you, to teach you, and to protect you. And then it goes on, Are you pondering the thought, This is ridiculous? How can there not be cities? The future of a happy life will rest in small villages and towns close to the soil for their subsistence, where God is acknowledged, where the whole community's first obligations, fulfilled with joy, is to gather daily in prayer, where hard work is carried out with peace and children all around, where love reigns and Mary of Nazareth is held as queen. It will come a man's heart thirsts for it, and yet many are not ready to pay the sacrifice for it to be realized. Those who do are the forerunners, the teachers of how it will be done. Now, my question is, without being too short with the question, basically is, why did you write that? This is 10 years ago, and we were, in, we were not in an economic situation at that time. Everything appeared to be very prosperous, but why was that written? And what was in what was in your heart that made that that made you pin those words? Well, I think uh, preceding that period of time, I was going all over the world speaking. I've I've stayed closer to home now and do more writing. But uh, I went all across England, all across Scotland, all across France, ma France many times, crisscrossing very frequently, and um, Russia, just just many places. And just having that perspective of now even going to Medjugorje 180 times and then not counting the other times, going to Europe and Rome and all, all these places uh, across Italy, 
you get a you get a view that that most people don't get to see. You put the temple of Our Lady's message over that, and it was just something that the the, the vision comes clear, and it's just there. I I, I I saw this. I can see it. I can see everything happening now, and it amazes me now that people just are still saying, "Well, you know, it's going to get better." Well, how's it going to get better? You know, everything's pointing down that more stores are going out, more foreclosures are taking place, more economic situations come out, more scandals are happening. With uh, I just got there reading something somebody sent about is it Maddox the scandal up in New York where all the people who who put billions and a lot of nonprofits into this guy's care to invest, and he paid huge dividends back to them. And they told all their rich friends, and they put more into it. And as they put more into it, he paid big dividends. But it wasn't doing that. It was just to get more people to invest. And now it's all crashed down. Some people have lost whole family fortunes. Some people have lost their whole foundations. And that's just one thing. And we're seeing one thing and one thing and one thing all adding up to something, meaning that, that we're seeing some major changes in the way the whole system is going to work. But those who are closer to the soil, those who are near it, have the shortest length of danger as opposed to those who are in the cities who have the greater length of uh, their food supply and their chain. If you can sit there and say, well, this is talking about catastrophe or this is talking about doomsday, it's not. It's just about life. Our lady's called us to live a simple life. We need to think. We're not a thoughtful people anymore because we have everything thinking for us. People don't even know phone numbers anymore. I require here everybody to know what? What do we got? 40, 50 extensions. And I don't like anybody here to come to me asking for an extension, Joan. <laughs> That's a behind-the-scenes joke. But nobody knows these things anymore because they rely on all these things that could just go away in a puff of smoke. And what are they going to do? You just take that and think about how, how far away you are from the food chain. You, you're used to what man's given to you. And jumping in the car and three minutes being at the store and go to get that can of soup there. But how's that going to work if life has a catastrophic change? And now, like the two people came to me today, they're starting to think, maybe I could better get some chickens. I better start thinking this way. And this is not about saving myself mentality. That's wrong. It's about living a different way, the way God called us to live, in small villages, small communities, not mega cities. Can people survive in a city environment? Well, you know, you used to have uh, Little Italy and Chinatown and, and you know, there were communities within the city. But we, we've got to amalgamate everything now, and it's all a big, big lie of the devil. You know, you need small groups. You need ethnic groups. You need this, this thing. This whole diversity is the biggest lie of the devil as far as being presented as a positive thing. It's a very negative thing, a very destructive thing, very, very destructive. It kills culture. We need culture. I... I like to go to Italy because I like to see the Italian culture. I like to go to England, even though we speak English, I like to see the English culture. 
I don't want to see an amalgamation of everything. You know, the whole purpose of this, and, and but, but the Antichrist system is always global, always one government. Here's, here's a Vatican official saying that government has no right at all to control people's lives to the degree it's doing now. And so we've got to educate ourselves. You've got to begin to study. You've got to begin to see what brings, brings what your heart longs for. What do you want to see in your life? You know, Our Lady said December 25th, Therefore, little children, surrender your lives into the hands of Jesus for him to lead you and protect you from every evil. You might be thinking, well, what am, what am I wanting you to think of that? I don't, I'm not wanting you to think anything. What I want you to do is say, what did our lady say? Protect you from every evil. If Jesus leads us, as the song said, going along, hold my hand. This in here, into your hands of Jesus. Put ourselves in the hands of Jesus for him to lead you and protect you from every evil. But what's the other side of that coin? Protect you from evil. Meaning that, that Our Lady said here on July 4th, this peaceless world. Our Lady has several times said peaceless world. And in fact, did she say it in this message here? No, but recently she said it. But she said it. Protection from every evil means that there's going to be a growing evil in the world that we need protecting from. So there's the Ali wouldn't be saying that. She said in this Christmas message, Today I call you to stop in front of the manger to meditate on Jesus, who, whom I give you today also to bless you, to help you comprehend that without him you have no future. So all these things in these grocery stores that sell horrible magazines, that sell horrible, horrible products, that the, the drugstores and the, and the grocery stores that sell birth control, all these things don't have Jesus. And you think these systems, these businesses are immune? When God would destroy a whole city, Sodom, would he not destroy a, a company? I'm, I want to write something sometime this year. And the title already got it. Do you want to curse your, co- your company? And the, and the just of it is just adopt policies, protecting abominable lifestyles. You want to do that? You curse your company. And look, at, I've, I've got a whole data I've been keeping for two years. All these companies that put these things in place are either out of business or lost tremendously their profits. From McDonald's to Ford to Starbucks. Everybody hears about Starbucks in trouble. Well, why did Starbucks get in trouble? Well, about a year and a half, two years ago, they started putting little sayings on the coffee cup, had no business on the coffee cup. And so if God can destroy a city, don't you think he can make the financial profit of a company drop? And he will do that because they can't be punished in the next life. As I think is it Mason who says this, James, is it James Mason? George Mason who says this, you know, countries cannot be punished in the next life, therefore they purified in this life. Basically, that's the text of what he says. So Mr. Starbuck, you know, you want to put these little things and 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 abominable things on your coffee cup? Go ahead, go ahead and do that. That's why you're not in business today. And you're not making it, and they don't know what they're going to do. And anybody's got a business or company out there, that's what's going to happen. You cut your own throat. Why? Because it's a biblical principle. You can't reject the name of Jesus, God, or His principles, and expect to stay healthy. It ain't going to happen. So, all these things are going away. 
Let's face reality and let's see. With the presence of Our Lady and the presence of that, who do you think will win? Our Lady says that my immaculate heart will triumph. She says, I sense this. My heart's about to triumph. And so we've got to realize where you're going to put your faith and what are you going to depend on in the future? You got your little patch of ground. You got your little way. That's the place to do it. And what does that bring? It doesn't give you what the cities get. Do you see old-fashioned goodness in the cities? Do you see the sweet old-fashioned ways, the wind chimes, these kinds of things? You know, the smell of cooking when you walk down the street or know your neighbors? I've heard a hundred, hundred times people say, well, I don't know my neighbors. They're in a subdivision. I mean, we, we here live outside. And I'm not saying this in a bragging way. This is Our Lady's way. We didn't know these things Our Lady gave to us. I did move to this land pre-Medjugorje. I moved with these ideas and these principles that I wanted my children's children to be playing in the same creeks my children played. I wanted heritage. And perhaps because of those thoughts, Our Lady was able to use me in that way, just like she wants to use you as an apostle too. So the sweetness of old-fashioned goodness, how does that happen? Where does it come? And who doesn't want those things? So... We, we need that, and we can have that. Wind chimes in a weeping willow Biscuits light as feather pillows At Mama's house Sunday morning kids are squirming Thank the preacher for the sermon As you're walking out your gas tells the joke while he cleans your glass and says thank you friend grab a cup of sugar from your neighbor on a roll made the morning paper cut it out again
nothing but sweet old fashioned goodness. We see this move of uh, the bureaucrats to standardize. They have a go, actually. You know, Ali says, for you to have a noble goal. With my son, your souls will be directed to noble goals and will never get lost. And we have this bureaucratic system in, in science and everything that's really working to standardize what their goal is not noble. Their goal is to standardize behavior. They want to iron out all inconveniences or human differences. You know, they say diversity is just the opposite. They want everything to be one. They say protect diversity, but what they want is evil who's diverse from you and live in a, live in a wicked way. They want this leads to that step. And so they want to rearrange society with actually a, a, a new caste system scientifically. You know, drug the kids that act up, give them ADD, medicine, and all. Every, nobody can stand out. And this is a growing darkness, very, very evil system. And again, don't take my word for these things. Don't believe it because I say this. You must educate yourself this year. You must be aware of what's really happening in the world this year. And you can make your decisions. It can help just listen to shows, education. It's, it's, it's to show you what we do all the time. We live a life based on the messages. We have the, the, the gift from God to wake up in the morning and go to 5 a.m. prayer where our lady has appeared on and think about the message, pray about the message, to read the message, to come back together an hour, hour after we get back at 6 o'clock, come at 7 o'clock, and, and pick the message for the day for the whole community. So we got all those messages every morning and then throughout the day and then working on the messages or printing about the messages are all part of our life. And so... You gain understanding. You gain wisdom. The messages are given by Our Lady, and she is wisdom. You can't help but be around that and be affected by wisdom. And so I'm telling you, with her wisdom, you've got to choose. And this time, you've got to make choices. And that's, that's really her whole thing. Make a choice. If you reject God, you will be rejected. Why? Because everything not of God, be it a business, be it a lifestyle, be it a system of government that rejects the name of Jesus will be rejected. To be rejected by God means it's, it's over. It's history. And so we're living and coming and approaching an incredible time. People, and on Sunday they said, uh, pray for our president, Barack Obama, you know, and our leaders. And I didn't, I didn't respond to that. You know, how do I justify that? How can I say that? Well, when Jesus commanded, when the scriptures say, pray for your enemy. Well, I don't have any problem praying for my enemy. But let's just say what he is. Everything I stand for, everything I lay stands for, everything I believe, this guy's an enemy. People may say, oh, this is harsh. This is giving him a chance. I don't have to give a chance. It's up to him to change and say, no, I won't do this. He's already said what he's going to do. He announced in his Acceptance speech that he's for abomination. He's going to support it. Since that time, he's even came on more board. I'm very much for this. This is an enemy to Christ. He can claim Christianity all he wants to. That don't mean anything. 
That's just a name game. I don't accept him as my leader. This is shocking words to a lot of people I know, and it may stun them and how they say, well, that's not really a follower lady. You don't give me that. How can you do that? How can you think this way? Where's the love of God, his ways, his principles? We have somebody promoting and saying, I'm going to give a bailout to the abortion industry of $1.5 billion. He's called for this. As president, if you're against abortion, he's an enemy to you. Yes, pray for your enemy, but understand who your enemy is. I reject a leader that is a murderer. Point blank. That's not all. Fifty abortion groups just wrote him a letter calling upon him to give $4.5 billion to spread abortion further. And everything indicates he's going to do that. If he's an enemy to the baby, if he's an enemy to life, he's your enemy. Yes, pray for him as an enemy. Yes, say in church and say, let's pray for the enemy of, of, of the Christian world. This is, you think I'm going too hard? Let me read you something before we end tonight. The cardinal I quoted before, Cardinal Stafford says, future with Obama is Gethsemane. What was Gethsemane? It was agony in the garden. And he's the one that says, he affirms that life cannot be controlled by government. The Baltimore uh, native cardinal, James Stafford, said America suffers a cultural, on, on November 4th, election day, 2008, America suffered a cultural earthquake. He pointed out that the president-elect Barack Obama campaigned on an extremist anti-life platform and described his agenda as aggressive, disruptive, and apocalyptic. Did you get that? No, I will not pray for him as my president. I will not. I don't accept that he's my president. I can't accept that as a Christian. I can accept that he's an enemy to everything we stand for and that he needs prayer and conversion. But he don't have time to put his conversion into practical form. If St. Paul got struck as an enemy to the Christians, praying for the enemy, St. Stephen's prayed for his enemy. After his conversion, it took him eight years, minimum eight years, to learn how to be a Christian and possibly 11 more years before he even learned what to be a Christian. So time frame of that, eight years, if he became a St. Paul, he's out after two terms. So where are people getting this? Well, we just got to see what he's going to do. Yes, he can change. And yes, an enemy can change. But as it stands now, recognize who he is. He's an enemy to everything we stand for. Colonel Stafford went on to say, now Catholics will experience the agony of the garden to the next few years of Obama presidency. The Cardinal said, and will have to endure the hot anger, angry tears of betrayal. He invited people to live this time with Jesus, sick because of love. So here we have it. Something fresh from a cardinal saying the same thing. 
you know, so so many people are duped and they, they just don't question things and they just say, well, he got elected by the people. We got, well, we don't even know how legal a lot of that was. And there's no need to go into that, that side of it. But what I'm saying is I will not accept a leader. I can as a Christian in conscience, somebody that advocates what God had destroyed a city of Sodom for centuries ago. And what he advocates of doing with abortion, what do you mean? Pray for him as our leader. That's what you, I don't accept that. You know, the reality, yeah, he's up there and he owes that office. And the reality is that he can change and that's, that, that's hopeful, but don't deceive yourself. So if you, if you say that, if your pastor says that on Sunday, say, ah, uh-uh. let's say what it is. Let's teach the people how to pray proper. Pray for this man who holds this office, who is the enemy of the church, the enemy of the womb, the enemy of marriage, the sacred, most sacred institution of, of life or in the human family. So we are in serious, serious times. And I didn't plan to go here and do that because I do want to do a show on, on these, these topics because people don't have the right mentality, the right understanding of these things. It's not about hate. It's about love of God. It's about love of our nation. And our nation is in the Garden of Gethsemane right now. But the good side of that is it makes us wake up. The good side of that is it makes us have something to respond to. And, and more than anything that's happened after July 4th, and I don't, I don't not tie this to July 4th, 2008, in the field with the ladies' consecration and taking this nation, that this was allowed by God to happen because we get what we are as a people. But also at the same time, that consolidates us, makes us start thinking just what I just told you. Have you thought about that way before? Are you going to sit there and respond? I, I, I was silent. I'm not going to pray as, his, as my leader in church. I will not do that. I will pray for him as an enemy. And so we, we need to really live biblically. We need to live principled on those biblical principles. And we need to understand the seriousness of the situation. And don't let's rose your color and, and, and just pretend things are okay. You know what they did in Illinois where, where Obama voted for the Born Alive Act not to be alive, uh, allowed, where he killed it individually in a committee. He was the one that killed it. Instead of putting the babies in the closet after they were born alive, aborted, they, they decided that they would make, and he came up with this, I think, uh, part of it, uh, comfort rooms. So they made a little painted room with little bitty things in it and a nice rocking chair. And after the baby was born alive, after being aborted, the nurse would go in there and sit in the rocker and rock him to death. Don't take my word for this. You do some research. It's there. So this Illinois hospital put in a comfort room so they can make pink and blue room death nice. Wake up people, we're entering into a very, very great struggle. And what is your protection to do what I already said? Even in greatest darkness, you will find the way, my children, decide for a new life with the name of my son on your lips. I can't be silent. You can't be silent. You must speak against these things. You must tell your pastor, don't do this. 
don't speak this way. So, again, we're still in the Christmas season. This is something that, that's not a very pleasant thing to talk about, but it's something that we need to really realize with the new resolutions. What are we going to think? How are we going to think? How are we going to respond to these things? And we need to realize in the Christmas season what the joy we have and and uh, the wonder of the, of the friends, the family, everything that, that comes with Christmas and, you know, just being in our, our little relic Recory that we have downstairs right now, uh, the joy of having these things that, that we make in community. You can foster this and you can create this because a lady will help you in it because she wants it established in your life. So Christmas needs to be all year long. It's a season that she wishes us to have in our heart of joy. Christmas season I wish you joy The wonder in every girl and boy I wish you gladness The warmth and cheer Of good friends and family Gathered near Made children's laughter and falling snow rekindles sweet scenes from long ago. May every carol, each candle bright, remind you why angels sang that Of course, before we close this evening, we'll um, also mention that our next scheduled broadcast is going to be on the 26th. That's a Monday. And, of course, pending uh, if the release of the secrets or anything that might happen between now and then, hopefully we'll have the show uh, about the secrets that we've been speaking about. And also, too, before we close, too, those of you who've been following Medj.com, especially lately, uh, you notice the message that we uh, have asked for the support of Medj.com. Uh, we're asking for a very small amount of 14 cents a day to support that. If you've been fed through Medj.com, if you're being fed through that or Radio Wave, for that matter, any of those 
that are a part of Medj.com uh, support this work that uh, will bring others to conversion. It's of the utmost importance for the future, for what it holds, uh, especially in light of Our Lady's words today, which is, increases our awareness of all those things. And so before we close, just to mention that, that uh, if you have not committed to do that, it's a commitment that you need to make. If you have committed to do that, we offer our prayers and our gratitude to you on behalf of Our Lady. And also, if anything, if you have extra funds that comes up in the meantime, even if you have made the commitment to support Medj.com, uh, to apply those funds continually for that support. This uh, was a Medjfax that came in just at moments before uh, Radio Wave came on this evening that we wanted to read uh, from Sherry from Ida Grove, Iowa. She writes, Dear Caritas community, I just had to write to tell you something I found quite amusing. It is 5 o'clock p.m. here, and I have just now had the opportunity to read today's message for the second of the month. At the bottom of the information that was sent, there was one statement that made, made asking that if we felt fed from this site to please sign up for 14 cents a day so that you could buy more ingredients from Our Lady's storehouse and cook us more good food. Well, this a.m., around 9 o'clock, I wrote and sent a check to you with a donation for that purpose, along with a handwritten note which read how much we feel as though Caritas and Medj.com is our lifeline. The rest of the handwritten note said that you provide us the nourishment that our parched, starving souls and lives need to continue on our journey. I believe Our Lady was connecting our thoughts, and we are hungry and ready to devour tonight's Radio Wave broadcast. We love you, Caritas, from Mike and Sherry. And so if you haven't, um, if you don't quite get the meaning of this because you didn't have the time or the opportunity to read uh, today's commentary on the message, we invite you to do that afterwards and then perhaps pray <clears throat> to see how much of this uh, programming and, and Mejagam does feed your heart, your soul, and your conversion. So we'd like to end. I'd maybe like, like to add something to that. Is that we uh, we try not to be a burden to people. We want to give everything we do free. Uh, the, the cost of doing what we do does cost. It's just that simple. We've worked into a, a structure after two decades of doing this that uh, our overhead is, is very next to nothing. Uh, we pay as we go, and we have to support things, and they have to stand alone. And Medj is one of those. And this year, we had to make this decision to carry: do we carry on with Medj.com or not? Of course, our hope is to, but it does depend on you. And we devised a system that 14 cents a day can do that: one dollar a week, or four dollars a month, or fifty-two dollars a year. Uh, we need four thousand. What you might want to say units? In other words, four thousand people that would do that. If you can do two, ten segments of that, four thousand. Then come forward. So it's not just those who, who want to do the minimal, which we're asking this is the minimum. But you can greatly help us get to that number of 4,000 people uh, by, by being 10 of them or 100 of them. And it's not an enormous budget. We, we, we've amazingly had this year just shy of 17 million hits on Medge.com. That's very, very good for a new... A new website, uh, in fact, extraordinary. 
because we are we are segmented into um, something this this uh, a select audience. It's not like um, you know ABC News. It's, it's got a broad appeal for whether you whether you're uh, liberal or believer or Christian, non-believer, or atheist or Republican or Democrat. Everybody will look at that. But this is for the followers of Our Lady, and to have a select group and to grow the way this thing's grown is phenomenal. And it's phenomenal what we'll be able to do if 4,000 people respond to this or 4,000 people or, or units that would give 14,000. It's 14 cents a day. Uh, it depends on you and what we'll be able to feed you in the future. You won't be sorry. So we want to end, you, end with this um, very powerful message, uh, a resolution message, the first of the year telling you. I'd like to really read it again to you because you can't get this message enough in your heart. And actually, I think I laid December 25th, 2008, was preparing us for this message. They both go together. That message on Christmas Day was, Dear children, you're running, working, gathering, but without blessing. You're not praying. Today I call you to stop in front of the manger and meditate on Jesus whom I give to you today also to bless you, to help you comprehend that without him, you have no future. Therefore, little children, surrender your lives into the hands of Jesus for him to lead you and protect you from every evil. Thank you for having responded to my call. And with that future and what our lady is telling us about the darkness, we have today's words, dear children, while great heavenly graces is being lavished upon you, your hearts remain hard and without rep response. My children, why do you not give me your hearts completely? I only desire to put them, put in them peace and salvation, my son. With my son, your souls will be directed to noble goals, and you will never get lost, even in greatest darkness you will find the way. My children decide for a new life. With the name of my son on your lips, thank you. And I'd like to end with giving you hope that we don't know. We, man's never been so far from the ability of taking care of himself without reliance on a false structure, a false integrated system financially, even globally now. We've never had this before. And so we don't know what's going to happen we, we should make decisions and moves to what I was talking to you about during the show tonight. At the same time, the people couldn't go get fed when Jesus called to preach to them, the 5,000 men. That was not including the women and children there, the scripture says. So it was many more than 5,000. But the apostles said, we got to let these people go. they got to go find food. So we don't know by what means or, or even manna coming from heaven if God's going to help us. We can't say that, but we shouldn't rely on that neither. We may see some divine intervention of God to, to, to do things to help people. We don't know, but we do have Ali talking about miracles. You'll see everyday miracles in your life. So maybe that will happen. Maybe some of that will take place. But, the, but at the same time, we don't test God. We act on what we see. We act on what we read. And we implement that in our life, and we choose it in the time of grace. So we can't say what's going to happen in the future. 
but we can certainly act and say in what we see that's taking place. And so we end with one more song that we play every year. It's our um, 12 o'clock, December 31st, 08 song, going in 09. We've done it for several years, and we want to give it to you tonight. Wishing to you, Our Lady, we love you. Good night. from me